0: Hey there all you spooky souls it's Marissa and welcome to another episode on Dark Channel and today's a Kristen episode. It sure is. (laughs) Um, It's gonna be a two-parter first one and Kristen's taking the deep dive on it so I'm super excited.
1: Yeah it's definitely a big one. Um, It's I'm just going to do this now. It, there's a trigger warning for like the whole freaking episode, <laughs> part one and part two. Um, I'll remind you guys on the second one. But I, there's just a lot of rape. There's torture. The whole case is just disturbing. Um, I, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah.
0: And, you know, as you can tell, this is definitely not a podcast that you should listen with your kids if you couldn't tell from other episodes previous. Um, But definitely if those are um, situations or instances that triggers you, please go ahead and skip to another episode um, or listen to a different episode or just fast forward through the episode and message us and we can give you um, the dry version of things if you still want to hear the story.
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely can do that.
0: Yeah, because we definitely want to be able to tell the story for the victims, um, but we also want to... Tell the truth on it, and Kristen worked her butt off to do it as beautiful as she's going to be doing it. Yeah,
1: that's that's, (laughs) yeah, went a little further than I expected. Like, I actually reached out to people that knew the victims in this one, which I don't think I'd ever imagine myself doing, but like, I went hard for this one.
0: (laughs) Yes, so it's definitely her little baby right now. Um, (laughs) I think as for announcements, we don't really have any besides. Thank you so much for sharing and listening and just don't forget to follow us on Spotify or whatever platform you're listening from. Um, That helps us so much with getting sponsors and things like that to keep us going and getting bigger and bigger to getting better and better content out there for you.
1: Yeah. And we always want to know any suggestions you guys have for cases you want us to do or anything that you could suggest for us in general for the podcast, like corrections or anything like that. Just obviously let us know. Um, Be nice, but let us (laughs) know.
0: (laughs) Let us know. Cause yeah, improvement and everyone deserves corrective criticisms. (laughs) Sorry you guys can hear my dog. She's trying to dig a hole to China in my mattress and is throwing a fit because you can't dig holes in mattresses. Um,
1: Nova, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was gonna say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Sounds like she's, a Nova thing.
0: She's a monster today. Mother. She woke
1: <laughs> up and chose violence. Oh, oh. Allie was crazy this morning, too. Oh, my uh-huh. God. They have, woke- like, the same personality for, like, anyone who doesn't know these two. They seriously have the same personality, and they're just, I don't know. Alaska's a little worse just because she's a puppy puppy. Oh, head, yes. Yes. It's just funny when they get together. You can see the, the same yes.
0: characteristics. Yes. Right now, you can hear Nova throwing her little temper tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <There's> um, <one. laughs> they are. So, I'm sorry if you hear her. She just wants to listen to her auntie so and dig holes in my mattress. Um, She's but, such a weirdo. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, I also want to get out that not only is this a two-parter, so you'll get two Kristen episodes, and then I'll shoot one off um, later this week, but we are also doing a Patreon episode. So that's gonna be an episode that will only be available to those who are subscribed to our Patreon. And we had our first one today, um, no other than my mom, Amy. Aw, thanks <laughs> so mom. So, she's the first one. So we have a goal this week to get to a certain number. So please help us get there. And it's a pretty good um, Patreon episode. We will tell more about it on the two-parter so that you guys can, Get a little teaser for it and get excited. Um, but yeah, so make sure you go ahead and the link will be in the show notes on this episode. Yes. So should we get started? Yeah, let's just <laughs> dive into this. I I'm not gonna lie, I brought a Moscow meal because Kristen has been preparing me
1: that this is rough.
0: So I'm rough.
1: And right now I I don't have I think I left like all my other drinks that in your fridge last on Fridays, <laughs> so um, I had nothing here. Blake went to the store and he was doing it while I went, it, or while I was doing my test. So he didn't really like have a chance to ask if I needed anything, and I should have like told him before. If you run to the store, I need some drinks. Cause <laughs> so I found Malibu in the back of my cabinet, so I used that and some pineapple juice, and that's what I'm drinking today. Cause praise the Jesus. This
0: one's rough. <laughs> yes, so. Um, you're gonna definitely pull at the heartstrings. So dive into it, dive into it. I'm ready, no more, you go. Okay,
1: Um, again, trigger warning with the rape, the torture, everything else. Um, Just wanna make that clear for for real. (laughs) Um, This is actually gonna be about the toolbox killers. So they were two men who had been in and out of prison multiple times for different offenses. We'll get into that and everything. Um, But they are probably the two most disturbing individuals I've ever heard about. Um, I've never actually heard about this case, and I actually had to double check with Marissa and text her, and I was like, the case that you wanted to do in the future, like, you're the one that intrigues you, that's the Toy Box Killers, right? And not the toolbox Killers, because I had never heard of them, and I just wanted to make sure, like, they weren't called the same things just because their names are similar, but um, she had said that hers were for the Toy Box, so I was like, hmm, who the hell are these guys? And, I've never heard of them either. And no, me either. But they're, I don't know. So it all started because I saw a documentary on Hulu and then I started watching it and I was like so intrigued by it, but so disgusted at the same time. Like it, I don't know. It's mm. so fucked up. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I've mentioned in other podcasts, like I'm definitely fragile, but I love learning about murders and stuff like this. But um, like not a whole lot bothers me when I hear cases, but this one really got to me. So, um, yeah, again, trigger warning. If you're sensitive, you can certainly skip this one. If you have any hard feelings, like, well, obviously everyone has hard feelings towards this stuff. But, like, if it's one of your triggers, definitely skip this one. Um, Mm -hmm. And we will totally understand. It's pretty messed up. We will get into it right now. Um, I'll start off with the killers. So they were two guys. One of them, I'm going to start with him. His name was Lawrence Bittaker He was more of the mastermind of the two. So he was born Lawrence Sigmund Bittaker on September 27th, 1940 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was born to a teenage mother and a violent father. And mm-hmm. he, he was an unwanted child of a couple who chose not to have children, but they ended up pregnant anyway. <sighs> so he, his life started out pretty shitty anyway yeah and his mother was a drinker she'd leave larry with his brother alone while she went out to go party i couldn't really find anything on his brother and if he was like older or younger or anything like that not that that makes a difference but yeah she she just left them alone while she went to go party and drink and stuff so Um, eventually family members did convince her to give the boys up for adoption and the boys went to two different family, or to different family members. Uh, Yeah. So, Larry was raised by his aunt and uncle who had provided a good life for like a normal person. Normal. He had said that he never had a birthday party or even went to one. He also said that he felt very isolated and neglected. So it sounds like he just didn't fit in no matter what he did. I guess, uh, which is sad. That's sad. Feel yeah. bad for
0: the kid, you know?
1: Right. Kid Larry, that sounds horrible. Yeah, and like even in his later years, he still planned to like find his mother and kill her because he he blames her completely for him being this way. He said that if she kept him he wouldn't have ended up like this which i don't know how like <sighs> i don't know how, I don't excuses know. yeah i feel like it's definitely an excuse i obviously it probably because his life could have been so much worse if she kept him like you know yeah he's always drinking and leaving them alone i don't know I he don't doesn't want
0: to yeah, <laughs> yeah lack of ownership
1: for sure um, but despite all this, like he was still very smart with amazing grades. He had 138 IQ, but he was like unmotivated and unchallenged. And then I looked up like just general statistics and that it said that the average IQ in the U.S. in 2018 was a 98. So he would have been 40 points over that. So he's definitely like, yeah, he's definitely, he wasn't stupid for, I don't know, just They something. never are. Right, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then w- when he was younger, he would, like, play with fire because he wanted attention. But instead of, like, getting attention, his adopted mother would just burn him with a cigarette all over the place to discipline him and tell him that, like, that's... What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and then there was one time... Uh, this is a trigger warning for people like me who freaking love animals because I didn't, like this part and I don't like any of it but ugh, animals are my weakness um, one time he went and like found a rabbit and he took a player's and removed all its teeth while it was still alive and oh my god what I the know, fuck I know I <laughs> know <laughs> that poor thing ah. I know ah. I know, ah. I know. <laughs> oh my god fuck you Larry I know Yeah. So, I don't know. He was pretty messed up. He would also wander around the streets at night and then, like, look into people's windows. And he would eventually, like, go into the houses and move furniture around. But then people started, like, realizing, like, hey, that's not where my couch used to be. What the fuck is going on here? So then, um, it doesn't really say what happened. I'm assuming he kind of just stopped once he realized that people realized he was doing this. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, but huh. they, they didn't really go into detail about what happened, so I'm assuming Weird. he just stopped. But um, then his first girlfriend, I believe it was in high school. I don't have when, but it so says the first girlfriend was Mary. And she had blonde hair, blue eyes, and she always wore a cross. And that was significant to, like, their victims. He'd always put crosses on the victims, which, huh? Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he one time, like, recorded a makeout session. She remembers him taking her up to St. Gabriel Mountains. This whole thing happened in California. Like, all their murders were in California. So she remembers him taking her up to the St. Gabriel Mountains, and they'd hike. But then this was, like, the first time he ever was rejected by her. And after that, like, it also doesn't really say what happened to them after. But I'm assuming, like, I don't know, after rejection, I'm sure that probably messed him up even more than he already was did he try to like take it to the next
0: base and she was like no
1: it didn't say this came from that documentary and it didn't say it just said that it was like the first time he was rejected so i don't know Hmm. if yeah and they recorded a makeout session so i'm assuming after that would have been the next base and she probably rejected that is what i got out of it but yeah it doesn't really state what? Happened? What? Okay, so we can't comment. Yeah, right. Um, but then he was arrested. Um, before his high school graduation at age seventeen, he was cited for a car theft, a hit and run, and evading arrest. So then he was imprisoned at the California Youth Authority um, until he was eighteen. And he had discovered that once he was released, his adoptive parents had disowned him and moved to a different state. So he never saw those adoptive parents again, which were his aunt and uncle. So, wow. yeah, I mean, he definitely had like a hard life. Not that that excuses anything that he did, but his childhood was kind of fucked. Nature versus nurture, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, when he was in juvie serving that time, they did test on him and realized that he truly was disturbed and violent. They called it polymorphous perverse personality, which basically means that he could do any single crime in the books for and he would get like pers- personal pleasure out of it. Is that so. like a sociopath? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, they refer yeah. to him as a sociopath all the time. So, I'm okay. um, assuming it's just a Better category of sociopath is what I'm thinking. Okay. But then in um, 1974, he was living in Hollywood, and he ended up stealing some steaks from a supermarket. Well, the clerk followed him all the way to the back, and then he turned around with a pocket knife in his hand and stabbed the clerk. So because of this, he ended up in the California Men's Colony East, which is where he met the other guy, which is Roy Norris. Um, one, a couple (gasps) I
0: do know this case! Do you? Now it's clicked! (laughs) I think I do Okay, keep going, keep going (laughs)
1: Okay (laughs) Um, so he was referred to as like a criminal sexual sadist which means that he was sexually aroused by physical and emotional pain on non-consenting partners and he like wants to see the fear in their eyes Um, and then I I know Bad Um, BDSM for real yeah um he ended up obviously in and out of jail multiple times um he was in there for like auto theft robbery hit and run he was in there for some accidents some parole violations and there was like more listed but i i don't know there were so many that's rory right uh this one is yeah uh no this is still bittaker this is okay sorry 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 um. Yeah, and then Bitteker was eventually paroled on November 15th of 1978. And now we'll get into Roy, who was okay. the accomplice. He was born Roy Lewis Norris on February 5th, 1948 in Greeley, Colorado. And he was conceived out of wedlock, so his parents actually married to avoid the social stigma. Um, his extended family lived nearby because his grandfather had a bunch of real estate investments, but his mother was a drug addicted housewife and his father worked in a scrap yard. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that, yeah. And throughout his childhood, he would live with his parents occasionally, but he spent a lot of time like being placed in the care of foster families throughout the state. I think obviously because his mom was a drug Okay. Yeah, and I don't know if his father it didn't really go into detail about what like if his father was abusive or just couldn't take care of him or what but yeah somehow he ended up in foster families um and then there was one foster family he said that he was like neglected by a bunch of the fa- the foster families he lived with and he would be na- denied food and clothing and stuff but what he's yeah I don't I mean don't foster if you're gonna be like
0: that people are so fucked up in the head
1: yeah how can you do that that already are either unwanted or who knows what that like they can't be with their parents and then you get taken into a family thinking you're gonna have a better life and they deny you food and clothing like
0: in my opinion you have the most fragile ego if you have to torture children and get pleasure out of it you are Mm -hmm. the most fragile person and Scum of the earth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. 100%. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then um, one of these families, he actually states it was a Hispanic family that he ended up being fostered by and he was sexually abused there. And come on. I know. He later admitted that he did have like prejudice. He held toward the Hispanic culture because. Of this family like due to this neglect and abuse from this specific family he just had prejudice against hispanics which is so messed up i mean so messed up that they did it in general and then to base a whole culture off
0: yeah what one family
1: did, i don't know i don't know
0: poor guy just needed therapy and somehow that's it
1: well i don't think he really ever got that <laughs> <laughs> no. know. <laughs> um, when he was 16, he ended up going over to one of his female relatives' houses. She was in her 20s, and then he spoke to her in a sexually suggestive manner, and then she told him to leave and advised his dad, who threatened him to a beating. So then he, I don't know, he must not have wanted to put up with that, obviously. So he ended up stealing his dad's car, and he drove it to the Rocky Mountains, And then he tried to commit suicide by injecting air into an artery in his arm, but it didn't carry through.
0: You know how much air you need to do that to actually kill yourself? I've never even heard of that being a thing. I mean, I never really looked into... They show it in the movies. You need, like, if I remember correctly, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but you need, like, 30 to 50 mLs of pure air. And you Mm -hmm. still have a chance. There's some tests they do with air bubbles getting shot into the heart. Like,
1: Ugh, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I just not, think I mean, I would never, but that would not be one of the ways that I would ever
0: think. Because <laughs> the movies were showing, like, if you shoot air, it could just kill, give you a heart attack and kill you right away. So that's probably where he got the idea. Still Maybe. not cool that he didn't attempt to suicide. That's so fucked. That's so sad. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> not to tell you how to do it, because that's fucked, but that's... How <laughs> to do it.
1: Yeah. But, I guess, yeah, if... Yeah, which is probably why he didn't carry through, I'm assuming then, or why he didn't carry through with it, because he probably realized it wasn't working the way he thought it would. Mm -mm. So then after he did that, he ended up back at home after being apprehended as a runaway, and his parents informed him that he and his younger sister were unwanted children, and they were going to get a divorce when they both turned 18 so these poor i mean they're not poor guys because they're so fucked up but like their upbringing was the poor younger
0: versions of them you know yes
1: for sure yep oh
0: my god parents do not put your garbage and your luggage on your children
1: for real Uh, uh i don't know like i don't know just to be untold or told that you were unwanted i feel like would be one of the hardest things. I am fortunate, and that has never happened ever in my life, but I just can't even... No. How
0: how do you have a whole-ass child, put all that time, effort, love... Not that it's... Well, it is effort, Mm -hmm. and everything into them, and pour... Well, hopefully, the parents were pouring themselves into their kids like they fucking should have been. And then just be like, "Mm -mm, you're kind of an inconvenience to me. Yeah.
1: And I don't really like your other... Parent either, so we're just all gonna split up. This family's yeah. gonna be done. Thanks. Thanks. Like, bye. Fuck. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah. But after, uh, well, about a year after this, he did join the U.S. Navy, and he dropped out of school for it. And in six, uh, 1965, he was stationed in San Diego and deployed to serve in the Vietnam War in 1969. But he was honorably discharged due to psychological problems after one tour of duty where he didn't see combat. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder Um, what happened. I'm not sure. There was a couple different things that I read like that. It was like just a bunch of different things outside of anything to do with Navy that they heard about like. Okay yeah like in the next part was November of 1969 he was arrested for attempted rape in San Diego and I'm thinking it had like from what it sounds like it could have been something due to like something like that like
0: I don't know gotcha okay Yeah.
1: Um. but then yeah so he was arrested for that rape and then three months later he was out on bail already and before his trial he was arrested again for trying to attack a woman in her home but, luckily, the police arrived before he could harm her. Jesus! Um, yeah, but he did become a serial rapist, and that's led criminologists to believe that he possibly, well, probably hated women for that. Um, oh, I lost my spot. Hold on. Hold on here. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, in May of 1970, he was still out on bail which I don't, like, November 69, he did the first rape, then three months later he was out on bail and attacked that one woman in her home. And then May of 70, he was still out on bail. I don't know why he wasn't locked up this whole time. Like The justice system, man. I know, it's so fucked. But, um, yeah, so in May, so a couple months later after this, pretty much, he was... He um, was on San Diego State University campus, and he attacked a female student by hitting her on the head with a rock and slammed her head several times on the concrete. Oh, my she, God. He's lucky he didn't kill her. I know. She, yeah, she did survive, which is good. Um, and he spent only five years in the California Men's Colony East, which is where he met Bittaker. Um, but then after he was released for that attack, three months later, he attacked and raped a 27-year-old woman and he was sent right back. So, like,
0: he's obviously
1: not learning
0: at all. Like, what are you not seeing, court justice? Like, patterns? He's not learning. He does not care. Keep him in there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. And this is where it more so gets... I mean... So, it looks like he was released again in January of 1979 and he moved in with his mom and it's believed that they began an incestuous relationship uh, yeah with the uh, woman who said you were unwanted like fucking what? mommy issues for
0: real like no other bro what the fuck
1: <laughs> I know oh my god how 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 I- I don't know. I don't even want to know. Like, I don't. I personally do not want to even know. <laughs> no.
0: Cool. <Yes. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just so gross to me. I just... <laughs> yeah. For real. Ugh.
1: But yes. At... So then at some point, I don't know what for, or how, or anything. All I found was that at some point he ended up at Atascadero State Hospital which I think is also in um, California. And then he was released on June 15th of 1979. But again, I don't know what for... I'm sure it maybe had something to do with his...
0: Was it like a mental depression. hospital? Is that yeah. kind of what it sounded like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm... I don't know, but I'm assuming it has something to do with him raping how many women and attacking them. But and I don't know.
0: And fucking his mom. Yeah.
1: <sighs> yup. Yeah. I... Ugh. I don't know. Um, but then just some general things they said about him was that um, he was over 200 pounds and then his IQ was not um, nearly as high as Bittaker. So criminologists said that, like, he wasn't a liar and he couldn't pull things off like Bittaker could. And he also made people feel very uncomfortable.
0: Okay. What? Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: What's, what's his name? Um... Roy Norris i'm
0: gonna google a
1: picture of him okay he's creepy they're both creepy looking like i don't know it
0: <laughs> yeah. looks like pretty much like any creepy fucking no, man yep.
1: yeah Yeah. yeah okay but then um yeah so they both ended up in the men's county east and that's where they met obviously They met by making jewelry together in prison, which I (laughs) found kind of funny, like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's just interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then they told um, one inmate who was in for killing a young college girl, his name was Richard Schupman. Um, They both told him about their fantasies and what they would do when they'd get out. So they planned to get, like, a cabin in the woods or a trailer or find a better, like, fitting in. and their fantasy was to kidnap one teen for every year. So, like, they wanted a 13-year-old, they wanted a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, and, like, oh. yeah, yeah. And then, um, oh. I know. And they both have like anti-social personality, they referred to it as, which I'm not 100% sure. I think it just means like they didn't get along with people is what I kind of got out of it. I'm going to Google
0: the definition in a okay. second. I'll keep going.
1: Antisocial social personality. Um, but they were both released due to conning the psychologist, which is fucked. Did you find a definition?
0: Um, no, because I'm stuck on images from looking at the creepy guys, and it brought me up images of the disorder. Oh, well, <laughs> that didn't make sense. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, though. <laughs> um, so a mental health disorder characterized by disregard for other people. Um, those with antisocial personality disorder, also shorthand for ASPD, may begin to show symptoms in childhood, that their condition can't be diagnosed until adolescence or adulthood. And that is per, I believe, the Mayo Clinic. Okay.
1: Alright, well, don't listen to me, because I just pulled that out of my ass, obviously, but hey, that makes a good. lot of sense, yeah. though, that they... Yeah. Know, for sure. That fits in, just with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking crazy. I know. Um. So then, yeah, they had con the psychologist and were released then, which, I don't know. I don't know. I mean,
0: psychology has come a long way since the 70s to now. So, I mean, I, I don't know much about where mental health was at to like really comment, but it sure the hell wasn't where it is at right now. So, I guess maybe it's a possibility.
1: Yeah and in that Hulu documentary that I was watching that I got a lot of this information they had even said like obviously back then rape wasn't looked at nearly as much as it is now because obviously they got out how many times but yeah um yeah they definitely didn't they like kind of more so did compared to how it is nowadays which I mean in what 50-ish 50 40 50 years I would come a long way. It's so sad that it took that long though. I know. I mean, women
0: have been being raped since the beginning of time.
1: For sure. Yeah. <sighs> Still have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Ugh. Um, but yeah, so then they did get released. Biddaker got out first and then he went to Los Angeles and got a job as a skilled machinist. And then Roy was released a few months after and wanted Bidaker to quit his job and build a comp or Quit a job, quit his job to build a compound, and then Roy would, like, take care of him every other way, like, financially and everything like that. that so said? he said, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, But then they, they talked about Bittaker wanting a van with a sliding door so that they could get the victims into the bunker, because they wanted to kidnap all these girls and rape them. Um, I know. And then they ended up buying a 1977 GMC Silver Cargo Van and they ended up calling it the Mack Truck. Or it was called the Mack Truck, so they named it Murder Mack. Original. Yeah, right? But then they did a bunch of stuff to this van, so they installed like police scanner, which They installed a fold down oh. bed in the back. And they put oh my torture- God! Yeah, they put a torture toolbox in the bag. They made sure they had walkie talkies. Like, it- oh, plan, planning this. They for- committed. Yeah, they for sure. Yeah, um, and then they like they kind of like played around with it for a little bit and were basically starting off by just taking pictures of girls in their bikinis and like roller skating and stuff. And they were planning out um, where they were gonna do everything. So they took a trip to the Saint Gabriel Mountains and that's where they like learned the area and the back roads and they saw that there was a large ravine. So they wanted to use that so that they could dump the bodies down. So they had so to- they knew they knew they wanted to murder them like right away. Yeah, which is contradicting with the first victim because they kind of go back and forth about whether they want to murder her or not. But when you call a truck a murder mat, and you have all this stuff, and then you plan out that oh this is a ravine that we can dump dump our body, yeah. So that kind of contradicted that, but um, yeah. But then for these things. Or, um, St. Gabriel Mountains. They had broken a lock off of one of the gates so that they'd have complete access to the gate whenever they wanted it. And there was actually a picture of this in the documentary. I think it was. I want to say it was Bitiker that had like had some like some type of tool in his hands cutting the lock. So they like photographed it and everything too, which is stupid. They're yeah, stupid. I don't know.
0: If if this is the case, I can think of they photographed a
1: lot. Yep, they sure did.
0: This okay. is that case,
1: probably. Okay, then I think I'm thinking of the right one. Yeah. Um. So then they ended up to, or they ended up sending these pictures to Richard Shootman, which was the guy in prison that they were talking about their fantasies with or whatever. He was sent those pictures basically to prove that they were gonna go through with everything they had planned. So that's, I don't know. I don't know. Did he do anything with the pictures, or was he just like, okay, cool? I don't think he did anything. It was just mentioned that he was sent the pictures, but I don't like. um, I don't know. I don't know what he did with them. I don't. It's kind of not really. I guess crucial to the story. No, it's not. But yeah, I don't know. Just nosy. Yeah. Um. So then we have our first victim much. I don't know. I tried to find as much as I could about like the victims themselves and like who they were and stuff. But literally you search these girls names and pretty much everything comes up with the killers. So I didn't find a whole lot, which kind of upset about, um, like the one that I actually reached out to the, that one isn't until part two actually. Um, but like this, I I couldn't find anything like that picture that because that was a picture that was actually on Facebook that people had commented on and they're like oh mm-hmm. I knew her so I messaged them but like I couldn't find anything for these first two victims that I'm covering today so I just really have minimal information which makes me sad but I tried I really You did. tried and you're gonna tell their story the best
0: way you can and I'm sure <laughs> everybody will appreciate that
1: yeah um But, yeah, she – so this is Lucinda Lynn Schaefer, and she went by Cindy. She was born on July 9th of 1962 in Bexar County, Texas. She was beautiful, bright, one of the sweetest, nicest girls. Um, She had so many friends. And it was said that she wanted to study foreign language and teach foreign language like her mother did. And then on one website, I did find – there was someone who commented that they had a friend whose wife went to school with Cindy. She was a couple of years older than Cindy, but she said that she had remembered her as being a very or very nice to everyone and that she was involved in a lot of school activities. That's beautiful. I'm Googling like pictures. She, yes. We I'm gonna, gonna, we're going gonna to post anything. the pictures. She's gorgeous. But yeah, wow. she's she's so pretty. And I think like all the pictures I found were black and white or whatever, but Blue eyes so i i don't know i just that's my favorite combination blonde hair blue eyes
0: oh uh, it is, is
1: perfect <laughs> um but yeah so these two men well they were driving around the beach on june 24th of 1979 um, and they were smoking weed and photographing girls they spotted Cindy on the sidewalk. She was heading home from her uh, church group at St. Andrew's Pre- Pre- I can't say it. Presbyterian Church, right? Presbyterian. Presbyterian. Yes, yeah. church. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I think. I think that's how it is. Um, it was either in Torrance or Redondo or Redondo, which there seems to be like a lot of back and forth on where it was, like technically occurred.
0: Mm-hmm. So it
1: was I. Don't think they're too far apart, but like it, I don't know. There was a lot of okay I guess, information saying it was it was here, it was there, it was here, it was there. It went back and forth a bunch. So I don't know which town officially, but she was going home from her church group to her grandparents' house, and then they pulled up a side of her and they offered her a ride and some weed, but she declined. So then I guess that pissed him off because they did a U-turn and then parked on the side of the road. And then as soon as she got up to the van, Roy jumped out and grabbed her. So Oh, my God. I know. She screamed and they threw her right into the van. They tied her up and stated that she didn't really fight it. And then, um, like, when asked if there was... So, documentary does, like, a lot of their interview goes back to Bittaker and, like, they interview him and ask questions and stuff and he was asked if there was anything specific about her that they wanted and Bitteker just said that she was blonde pretty and alone which oh my god like if yeah. that's I know the alone part really got me like
0: yeah because how many times have like I go I walk my dogs alone or I've been on walks alone or I go grocery shopping alone I've been here alone I've been there alone
1: and I know I don't know so I sad. don't know I know. Um, But then eventually, like, once people found out that she was missing, her, like, friends and family and searchers were, they obviously, like, conducted a search. And all they found in that area was just one shoe of hers alongside of the road. So that's how they knew something bad happened. But at that time, they didn't know what, which, I don't know. I They just found her shoe, and that was it. Um... Yeah, and then, so, in the documentary, there, there's part of the interview where Bitaker says, this part really, like, gets me too. So, it's a quote. So, quote, not to blame the girl for this at all, but if she'd been slightly aware of her surroundings, she would have been able to see, you know, what was going on around her. What a piece of fucking shit. I know. But oh, my God. More. There's more. Hold on <laughs> said. Mm. None of them really fought us They were basically like okay this is no big deal We don't like it but we're stuck with it We're gonna make the best of it
0: You Uncle. fucking monster I know You I- oh. fucking Ugh. monster I bet you they did fought and they probably got you good You fucking monster And you're too much of a pussy to admit it You want to seem like you're the big bad guy
1: Yep yeah, that's what I'm thinking too mm-hmm. Fuck you know. Those poor girls. Um, oh. um, but yeah, they obviously then took her up to the St. Gabriel Mountains, which is where they had mapped out everything, or like did the back roads and everything. And they claimed they ended up like wanting to go there because no one would hear the screams because it was literally like mountains. And I don't know, no one ever <laughs> apparently went there and they had cut the gate, so they had access to places that the public didn't, and, yeah. Um, I know. How fucking terrifying. I know. So then, Bitteker said that Roy could, quote, go first with her, quote, and and raped her while the other patrolled the van, and then they switched. And it sounds like they each possibly raped her twice that day. Um, literally
0: I have vomit in the back of my throat you know
1: and uh, Cindy finally asked like if they were gonna kill her and she had asked if they were going to if she could pray and Bitteker said quote God isn't here only devils unquote like how sad especially like they picked her up from church so like you know she's probably like a good christian girl and like just wanted to pray if she was gonna die she wanted to pray and oh, I, the one thing she wanted to fall back on to feel yep. safe in that moment right yep garbage humans well i hope they
0: rot in hell with garbage people
1: with garbage people <laughs> <laughs> yeah So then this is kind of where they go back and forth. Like Roy asked if they had to kill her or if they could just let her go. But Bitteker said that she could remember what they looked like at this point because they've been together for a couple hours now. And Roy was already a sex offender, obviously, with all those offenses that he Uh had. This would have been technically like his third official offense. So it was basically either turn themselves in or kill her is what they said. So Bitteker ended up holding her back and Roy strangled her, but she started crying and Roy stopped because, well, he stopped after about 45 seconds stating that he became very disturbed at the look in her eyes and then he ran to the front of the van and threw up. Oh, that disturbed you? That mm. disturbed you? Apparently. That's what he claims anyway. Do but... you
0: know how long it takes to like
1: strangle someone to death? No, I don't. And I don't know if I want to know i do isn't it like three <laughs> minutes or something or is that drowning is not like um
0: three minutes i guess if you have a really good pressure hold but it can take oh. up to like five seven minutes
1: oh my god like it
0: like think of how long that is uh, but, uh, uh, <laughs> it's
1: yeah. like i don't know that's longer than my showers i couldn't even imagine like
0: yeah granted i don't know how quickly until like conscious is lost but actually consider someone passing that's mm. yeah poor baby what a pansy ugh. see they probably did fight those girls did fight and they didn't want to admit it because they are pansies and they don't want to admit it
1: probably mm. i i hate these guys so much like ugh, with the passion i never knew about him and i'm kind of mad that i know about them now like i oh.
0: i have heard this case you're telling me some things though like i haven't heard before so it is very intriguing
1: but they oh my god yeah. They're pieces of the shit. Mm-hmm. So then, once Roy ended up going to the front of the van and throwing up, Bitterker started to like take over, manually string strangling her until she collapsed to the ground and started convulsing. And then at that point, he went in the back of the van and found a coat hanger to choke her with. But when they put it on, they couldn't get it tight enough, so they found vice grips and they tightened it enough to kill her, which is where they got their named toolbox killers because they use spice grips in quite a few of these um, these murders which is uh, I don't know I don't know the actual what I know um, but then Bitteker went in the back of the van and he found that he had a shower curtain back there so he took that and they threw her in the shower curtain and rolled her up and threw her in some shrubs in the area Believe this was down, like down the ravine. And he told Norris that the animals would eat her up so there wouldn't be any evidence left. And to this day, her body was never found. So, oh my God. I know. I know. Uh. They're pieces of shit. I hate them so much. Oh, you know what? I just realized. Hold on. I yeah. think. Oh. So she was okay, got to do math here. So she was born in 1962 and this happened in 1979, so she would have been 10, seven. 17. 17. Yeah. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah, so How brave it of her was right her... before her 17th birthday. She it was June 24th. Her birthday was July 9th. So It was right before, like, two weeks before her 17th birthday. But then the next girl, so she was born July 9th, and the next victim was born July 8th. Weird. I know. That's really weird. Huh. I don't like that. I don't like that either. Um, yeah, I don't. Let me.
0: What a brave 17-year-old to look at them in their eyes and be like, just to fall back on who she believes in and her morals and be like you know if you're gonna kill me let me let me go out my way with Ugh. like praying and stuff like that like i don't know if i could do that at 17 i'd probably be just like crying hysterically like i don't even think i could make words
1: come out like what a i don't strong think girl. i could yeah i don't think i could either Ugh. yeah um, okay, I totally lied. I had to Google it really quick while you were talking. So her, that was her. The day that she was abducted was July eighth. Cause I'm like 1979. That doesn't make sense. Cause that's the whole case is on, in 1979. <laughs> I never had her birthday. <laughs> her birthday was um, October 21st of 1960. So she would have been, she would have been turning 19. So she was an 18. 18- oh, okay. So Cindy but yes, was 18. Okay. Yes. Well, Cindy was still 16. She was 16. Um, the next victim was abducted on July 18th, or er, July 8th. So, let me see here. No, I'm confusing myself. Damn. Sorry.
0: Hey, it's fine. It's Sunday night and I didn't get my Sunday nap in.
1: <laughs> oh no, I didn't either. I had to do homework today. Ugh. I know. Okay. Yeah, so Cindy was born on July 9th of 1962, and then the second victim, her name is Andrea Joy Hall, she was abducted on July 8th of okay. 1979. There we go. They okay. didn't have a very long, like, cooling off period. No, not at all, because they couldn't, per, they couldn't have Cindy on June 24th, so it was literally two, three weeks later, and then they were on to the next victim already. Jesus. Ugh. Yes. So Andrea, she was um, born October twenty-first of nineteen sixty. She was an eighteen-year-old girl from Ohio, and then she was at the beach with her sister and her sister's kids. She had a boyfriend. He lived out in Torrance. Um, I, yeah. She was, and then she grew up actually in Akron, Ohio. So. She moved to Los Angeles in February 1978, and she sent a bunch of letters home. Like, that's how she stayed in touch with her family there. Mm. Yeah. And she did not have a a job at the time of her disappearance. She um, really only had a steady income that came from donating blood. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know how you make it out in L.A. just donating blood. I mean, it pays blood, but la mean, <laughs> yeah okay um but yeah so they oh yeah i even have in here they spotted her um, andrea two weeks after killing cindy um this one was said to be the most violent attack um, in on november 30th of 1979 and this is after they had gotten caught roy norris had made a statement to police about his role And he said that they spotted her hitchhiking off the Pacific Coast Highway. They watched her actually get into someone else's car and followed the car thinking that that guy wouldn't take her as far as she wanted or needed to go. And that's unfortunately exactly what happened. Because they watched her get out and then she needed to hitchhike again right away. So. Oh my god. I know. And then... Norris actually hid under the bed in the back of the van and they picked her up and she got in like supposedly without a problem like she just thought it was a regular hitchhike and um, they told her that there was a cooler in the back with drinks and then Norris got out and aggressively encountered her so her and Norris started fighting and punching and then she based this one they said she was fighting for her life um so they'll they'll claim that now but (laughs) she this was happening actually on the highway so they had traffic all around them and they were making like a fair amount of noise so Bitteker just turned up the radio and eventually he ended up slamming on the brakes and Norris and Andrea like tumbled backwards and had a really bloody fight but Jesus. then he finally got control over her And then they took her up to Upper Monroe Truck Trails Which was again in mountains And he took a um, Well actually Bideker took a sleeping bag Some um, Took a sleeping bag, blanket, walkie talkies to communicate with Norris And then a the camera Because they claimed that they wanted sexy pictures of girls to masturbate to What the fuck Oh my
0: god. I know.
1: So then Roy would actually borrow those pictures and trade Bittaker for ones he already had. Like, that was their thing, was they would take pictures of these girls and just trade them back and forth. Fucking disgusting. I know. They had used pliers on her on the hill. Um, They also, they had her bound and then... They took the camera and took gun wrenching photos of her. There was one time that Bittaker had said, "I'm gonna kill you," and then took a picture right away to get a photograph of the look on her face. Oh and my like God. to this day, he like, in that interview, he was saying that he like denied any sadistic behavior except this one. like how? why? Did he deny any yeah, you're obviously. I don't, know. I don't know. So then, after they were done doing whatever they wanted with her, pretty much, they ended up kill, killing her. She, they f- found an ice pick in the back of the van. Yeah, and this whole idea came from a movie that they saw in prison. So he took it and he jammed it in her ear. And, <gasps> yeah. Uh huh and this would deafen her instantly and she'd feel like the blood through her brain and everything but it wouldn't kill her instantly so she would just like die a slow painful death like they did end up manually strangling her until she was dead but her body also was never found either so
0: i oh my god these fucking monsters
1: i know like oh I can't. Oh, my God. I don't want, like... I can't. This one really got me. (laughs)
0: Like, right now, I'm laying down. (laughs) So, we record at separate houses, and sometimes we record together. So, right now, um, I'm cuddling my dog, and we're laying down, and I'm just holding my phone up to my face. And, literally, I just put two pillows over my ears. Because I'm just like, oh, my God.
1: I don't even want to imagine, like... No.
0: (sighs) Oh. no i'm like girls. i'm like in a ball right now because i'm like i don't even know how to handle myself right now
1: i, I know i told you they were fucked. like uh, yeah and the fact that they got this movie or this idea from a movie in prison probably not well obviously they weren't very smart because they got out and just started killing and raping people anyway but oh
0: god I never listen to movies guys no no, How- About anything. About anything in general. Not about murder. Just don't ever fucking do murder. But about anything in general. It's... Dumb. For real. Ah, oh, fuck you, Roy and Lori. Lori. Larry. Larry. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh... Th- those are the first two, and that's where we're gonna stop today, because mentally, I need more of a stronger drink after this. Like, Yeah. They just... I don't know. They're such, like pieces of shit that i can't even wrap my head around like that i don't know, I don't know. So those I don't two know.
0: murders which you're probably going to get into next week but i need to know now did they they didn't get found out like what happened to the girls until larry and roy got correct okay yeah. sorry i just needed to know
1: well two of them were found i think the third one was never found either i have to double check But yeah, I mean they didn't. Uh, Okay, so the last three, these two were the only ones that were not found. The the next two, there was partial remains, and the last one, she was found. We'll we'll just leave it at that. But okay, so at least they find their bodies and stuff. But like they're able to put them to rest. Yeah, and Andrea and Cindy, they've never been found, which breaks my heart. Like just knowing. I don't know. Knowing what happened to them and then knowing that you can't even bring them home. Lay them to... Re- yeah. Um, yeah. I'm can't so even sad. go visit them. Like...
0: No. Uh, no. Like, yeah, I don't... Oh, yeah. I think we need a palate cleanser. I wanted to look up a joke before today and I forgot to because I wanted to tell something funny. Do you have a funny joke? I... I'm not a
1: funny person, so no. <laughs>
0: I'm not... You are so a funny person. <laughs>
1: i'm not not a funny person so i mean i do dorky things but i don't mean to like it just happens i'm not a naturally funny
0: person i mean i always think i'm funny and i laugh at my own jokes and then there's cole who like make the most obnoxious laugh and be like you're not funny and then walk away and i'm like the <laughs> offense
1: i feel God. he just loves you that much <laughs> yeah
0: loves me that much oh these um, are my
1: favorite
0: <laughs> um yeah i say after listening to this go hug someone you love buy someone's mcdonald's behind you buy their coffee something
1: do something a butter- good yeah just be nice Just be nice. Just be Do not be like Larry and Roy at all. Ever. No. Don't ever do that. You know, if you have
0: trauma and you're ready to take the step, go seek help. There are so many ways to get help. That is one thing that I think COVID brought out and brought forward is more and I still think it needs to even be more accessible, but it's improving the accessibility of healthcare.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Like I feel like there's a lot more like apps and stuff that people can use and like video chatting and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. even some of them i feel like aren't some like anonymous like if you yeah i mean those are a little harder to come by just because of not having insurance or like not knowing how to provide insurance or whatever but like it's still an option out there like a hundred percent and like
0: you know i'm not ashamed so i see a psychiatrist i love it i want a good mental health so (laughs) i see somebody to help make sure i have a good mental health um and in order for me to go because i never can make it to like actual appointments we still do video appointments even though they're not really doing them anymore because it just makes sense so like there's a way for you to still do it and stuff i mean we still need to improve it but you guys That's ever need help or anything like that we'd love to you know be there
1: for you yes for sure yeah because and it's definitely better and easier than it ever used to be and i'm sure obviously we've come a long way with that since 1972 yeah 1979 as
0: well and not, yeah and not saying that you'd become a lawrence or a roy but you should always try to be the best best version of yourself For yourself. Not for other people, but for yourself.
1: I agree. 100%. Oh. Oh,
0: my God. That was... That was rough. I have heartburn now.
1: Yeah. That one's heavy.
0: That one. And we're only halfway through it, so... (laughs) Well, um, during Googling, and I think everyone can imagine, they obviously get caught, so at least we have that little thing to look forward to called justice.
1: Yes. Yep. They do. I hope.
0: And... We will post pictures of, um, you know, them. I think we'll post just a picture of the van and the two guys, and then we'll post pictures of all the girls on part two, when that yes. be so that you can see the full picture. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. So, um, I don't they're... even want
1: their pic- The girls' pictures by them, like. No, I don't either. They, they don't. Babies.
0: Roy and Larry do not deserve to be next to them.
1: No, not at all. So we'll, we're definitely posting them separate. They deserve yeah. a, their own post. Their own post. Yeah. Yes. So
0: we hope you guys enjoyed this gnarly episode and get excited to listen to part two coming up soon. Um, it'll be released this week. And of course, as always, you can be... Oh my God. <laughs> Your leg like swallowed, went down really weird. I um, heard it. okay i need to like sit up and maybe choking on my fat neck or something (laughs) um as always you can always um become a patreon so we are looking at getting sponsors and things like that so um we will be adding ads to our videos eventually so that we can you know continue to give you the best content um with our ability um (laughs) (laughs) So, with being a Patreon, you would never have to hear any more ads. And you would also get bonus episodes. We haven't decided the consistency or the frequency of it yet, but it will not disappoint. So, don't worry. Um, As well as what we always talk about, more bonus everything. So, that page link is on all of our pages. You Mm -hmm. can also email us at podcastdarkchannel at gmail.com. Um, Facebook is dark channel podcast like our page and make sure you
1: like and follow okay and share if you really feel generous yeah you you know you love us
0: come on (laughs) you know you do (laughs) Um, and then we have Instagram Instagram we do I don't have my thing up is it just dark channel it's podcast dark channel okay podcast dark channel and then TikTok is dark at dark channel underscore dark soul. Yes. So make sure you go like and follow it all. And then of course when you listen please hit that follow button as well. Um and also if you guys want to leave us any reviews or feedback, we would definitely love that. Um so other people can also see your thoughts on things. Yes, definitely. Yep.
1: Any any type of um suggestion or anything like that, definitely yep. let us know.
0: And we hope you stay safe, you stay happy. Um, you share some love out there. Yeah, and you stay a good person, please. <laughs> please. And can uh, I go take my monster baby, who actually ended up being a really snuggly baby after Nova? Nova, she's like laying right on me. There's
1: no way. Pictures. There- I need pictures.
0: Pictures. <laughs> pictures or it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we can't wait for you guys to hear more. So anything else for you, Kristen?
1: I don't think so. Um yeah, part two will be released later this week and then that's really and then we have yours later on this week and I think that's how the yes. week's gonna go. Mine will <laughs> be somewhat of a palette cleanser. I mean
0: I don't compared think to <laughs> this, yeah, compared perfect. to this, I mean none of ours are really palette cleansers, but <laughs> compared to this it will be a little lightning mood. Um and fun. Thank okay.
1: God for that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> by Friday. We're going
0: to need it. Ugh,
1: yeah. Ugh. And, yeah. For sure. Well, I love you.
0: Love you. Bye, babes. Bye.